Bitcoin Roundtable. Random musings and interviews about Bitcoin. Hello, folks. Darren here. Just want to be real quiet here because we just interrupted a big discussion about the Oscars. Well, we will get to Bitcoin, but let's talk a little bit about the Oscars. Vince, I think you had some pretty strong opinions about the Oscars. I'm angered with the Oscars, and I'm not surprised (laughs) that you hear that viewership is down. The Oscars used to be about movies that you had seen. The popular movies, the movies that most people went to that made the most money. Like what? Titanic. There's an example. Thank you, Libby. Titanic. Even some of the Marvel movies that would come out. Star Wars. Star Wars. Has never won an Oscar. But. Oh. I have never seen three billboards in Missouri. And frankly, I don't want to. I heard it's the best movie ever. I'd rather sit there and pull my nails out. You don't, you don't know anything about the movie. I honestly don't, but I know the people who said it was great, and I automatically... <laughs> <laughs> Three billboards in Missouri and The Shape of Water, they never even came to my movie theater. If they're so great, why weren't they there? Someone explain that to me. It just so happens that we have Libby with us, who yes. has spent most of her early adult life in the movie industry. So what's your opinion about why you feel the the Oscars are failing. It's another awards ceremony with lots of rich and famous people standing up on a platform, and it's kind of dull. 26.5 million people, which is an all-time low. I just don't think people have seen the movies. I I can't relate to the Oscars. I watch it, and I have never seen any of the movies. I I see clips of them, and I don't even want to watch them afterwards. Or you try to, and it's like, you know, watching paint dry. Well, my parents said that the Winston Churchill film's really good. They went to go see all the Oscars because they're yeah. retired and have tons of time. Yeah, your parents are English. And yeah. They're going to like Winston Churchill. Well, no, no, they went to go see all the movies. They mm-hmm. loved the billboard film. The Shape of Water, my mum described it as interesting with kind of a head tilt. <laughs> anyway, they love the post. Actually, my dad said you would like that. What's the post? Tom Hanks. Newspaper Washington Post or like postal mm-hmm. service or a post? The post is the film. Oh, I think it's a thriller. Hang on. Uh, it's okay. Don't worry. Yeah, it's, it's not like we're going to go watch it anyway, so it doesn't matter. I heard a rumor last year. Some of the Oscar judges didn't actually watch the movie. They just voted on it because it had the right message. It almost has the feel like if you're going to go for an Oscar, you need to make a movie yeah. that is politically correct for that year. It speaks of an injustice and how it needs to get heard. That's why it wins an Oscar as opposed to just winning for best acting or best made movie. Should a movie get an Oscar because of the subject matter or because of the actual movie? A movie should get an Oscar because of the amount of people it moves. Well, I guess 12 Years a Slave in that case deserves it. This year, we're talking about the Me Too movement. So I think Jimmy Kimmel mentioned in the Oscar speech that women are so fed up of men that they start dating fish. In the shape of water, a woman falls in love with an amphibious character. I mean, I went with... I haven't seen it. I think he just swam around a bit. Maybe. Maybe. Some type of spawny. I think it was a male fish. Give the Oscars to a different group. Give it to the artsy-fartsy movie-goers who appreciate that. But the Oscars to me is popular movies that rock. 
But no, it's not. Uh, it, but I know it's not. And this is why I think the viewership is down. Because everybody's sitting there. Maybe made a comment saying she likes to watch it for the fashion. If you're a guy with like no money and then you just make some kind of underground movie, but you did a really good job at it. But you don't have any money to promote it. So exactly. it's not going to be a popular movie. So because he has no money to promote it, because it's an underground movie, it automatically deserves an Oscar? No, but if the acting on it is amazing or uh, there's something superb about it, should it get an Oscar because it's popular or because it's a well-made movie? But then it's all about marketing budget because a million films get made a year. Yeah, but you could have a big marketing budget in the world and movies still suck. But you can also like have a really great film good. and not have any marketing and no one's going to see it. Yeah, but then what are you going to judge it on? If it's good and popular or just popular or just good? You have to define a measurement. Well, there, there has to be a reason why viewership is down consistently every year. People yeah. just can't relate. I can't relate. I want to see a movie that I've seen win an Oscar. The young kids, the millennials, they don't have cable. They just watch Netflix. You know, we're talking millions and millions. The percentage of the population that's watching on cable TV is continually dropping by significant amounts. If you're at the Oscars, you're only hosting on cable TV. I didn't see an app to watch the Oscars. They're just shooting themselves from the foot, in my opinion. I agree. The CBC Olympics Android app was fantastic. Oh, it was the best thing ever. I need more of that. But I'm sure every listener out there has their own opinions on Oscars and probably has some disagreements with our uh, statements. So hopefully we rallied you up enough to send a tweet our way and tell us uh, how wrong we are. We love to hear it. Coin round TBL. Aren't we talking about Bitcoin on podcasts here? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, are we, yeah. what are we talking about today? What was well, the... I think we should start it off. Uh, Bitcoin was at 11300 Yeah. Uh, I believe that's up a little bit from last week when we did our podcast. I think it's, it's up. up. I think it's up. It was at 10 last week. I posed a question near the end of last week. And Olympics. Talking a little bit about the Olympics. Well, the answer to the question is, Canada won the most medals at the Summer Olympics in Los Angeles. It was 84. One of the big reasons why we won so many medals is because there was huge boycotts of that. And I believe there wasn't what, at the time it would have been USSR, Russia? What what would you like to talk about today, Darren? Okay, we've got a question from a listener. Uh, Thank you for sending this in, listener. Um, My hypothetical question to the panel is this. A week ago, I was selling a pair of shoes online priced at $10 or 0.001 Bitcoin at an exchange rate of $1 to $10,000. Over the week, the exchange rate has been very volatile and now is at $1 to $8,000. So my shoes at a cost of 0.001 Bitcoin will now be undervalued against the dollar and I may therefore lose my profit if I have not altered the selling price in Bitcoin. Another example illustrating the same point might be of a company that pays its employees in Bitcoin, how can sellers and buyers or employers and employees when paid in Bitcoin cope with these volatile fluctuations in its value? Excellent question. Please discuss. Okay, well, first of all, I think we need to start off by getting a definition of what volatility is. Do we? Okay, what's what's volatility? Volatility is a rate at which the price of a security increases or decreases for a given set of return. Sounds like you read that. I did read it. I did read it, and actually, I've been told if I'm going to read something, I must quote. So I'm going to quote Jonathan Todd Parker on this one. So highly volatile means it goes up and down a lot. A lot. Over a short period of time. So then how does volatility relate to Bitcoin then? Why is it so volatile? Is that the question? It's a very hard question to answer because 
volatility in Bitcoin exists, in my opinion, because Bitcoin is in such an early stage that it hasn't really fully been accepted. Therefore, there's not enough people behind it. So it is going to fluctuate and it is going to be very volatile. And I think it's going to be volatile for a long time, maybe even until we have a giant increase and even a habit. Yes, that's very correct. There was uh, part of that question talked about companies that pay their employees in Bitcoin. Well, I did a little research on this and there is only one company that does pay their employees in Bitcoin. But that's what, not true. Well, there's only one that I was able to find. They're not fully paying their employees in Bitcoin. They're giving them an option of taking a percentage, and they said 10% of it in Bitcoin. There's about eight of them right now. The Japanese company yeah. worth like $230 billion. They are a publicly traded company. There's so many others, but most of them work in the cryptocurrency space or like they're an exchange. The interesting thing about offering to pay their employees in Bitcoin, it's always an option. They don't have to take the option because legally you can't. Right now, anyways, as far as I know, in any country, not give an option of paying the employee in, in fiat or a government-denominated currency. The easy thing about getting paid in Bitcoin is, okay, so Bitcoin is worth half of what it was a month before. But yeah. when you get paid in Bitcoin, you're getting paid in the equivalent Bitcoin to the fiat value at the time of payment. Yes. So it's basically when Bitcoin's volatile, you'll get paid, for example, $1,000 in Bitcoin. The amount of Bitcoin you get paid may change a bit. Well, it may change a lot. For anyone who wants or chooses to get paid in Bitcoin is obviously a long-term believer in Bitcoin and believes that the value of their Bitcoin payment may be worth quite a bit more in the future. They prefer to get paid in something that they feel will increase in value. Or could increase in value, but the chance of well, increasing. Well, if you don't think it's going to increase in value, then you wouldn't want to get paid in Bitcoin, so you just tell them, right. pay, pay me in yen. Or, so it's really an option, and it's presented to quite a few people, and a lot of people take that option because they do believe in it. Sure, and some of the reason behind the volatility that's in Bitcoin right now really doesn't have to do with Bitcoin itself, but has to do more with society. It's society's well, fault. It is society's fault in the way it's perceived. Like, let's talk about bad press. It has a lot to do with the volatility of Bitcoin. Certainly. Things like Silk Road, which people remember, right? The Mt. Gox collapse in 2013. That has an awful lot to do with the volatility of Bitcoin because people remember the bad. They don't remember the good. Sure, but you also got to remember that because the adoption rate is so low, I think I read somewhere today, it's the overall worldwide adoption rate is below 1%. Of yeah. oh, Bitcoin? Yeah. And so what you've got, the early investors, many of them own a huge chunk of Bitcoin. They can use that to manipulate the currency mm-hmm. and make more Bitcoin. And it's thinly traded, right? Low liquidity. If you have a couple big players on there that decide that they want to play games, then make it very volatile. That's the volatility, but there are some experts out there that believe that the volatility of Bitcoin also helps strengthen the value of Bitcoin. Look, it's going to be volatile until it either completely fails or reaches full worldwide adoption, at, at which point it will be probably quite stable, at least to the degree that gold is. You, some people might argue that gold's volatile, although it's a heck of a lot less volatile than Bitcoin. But yeah, it's it's got a long path to go as far as rate of adoption and 
And until then, it's it's still going to continue to be volatile. Lots of ups and downs and shakeouts. I'm not sure we quite addressed the question. We have addressed the volatility, but mm-hmm. the question is about selling something for Bitcoin. So if I'm selling a pair of shoes for the equivalent value of $10 in Bitcoin. Bitcoin goes down. What are those shoes worth next week? I have to find a way to change the Bitcoin price. Or if I'm using an online shop for merchants, that's already addressed because almost all of the Bitcoin payment options that are available in online shops, you effectively set the value of the item you're selling at in dollars and the amount of Bitcoin that is equivalent to the that X amount of dollars automatically changes. A theoretical example, if I'm selling a TV on my online shop and I want to sell it for $500, but I only want Bitcoin, so whatever the equivalent amount of Bitcoin is for $500, within any given minute, I mean, they're updated all the time, like constantly, then that's the amount of Bitcoin I get. The hope is when I'm selling something, I guess, is that the value of Bitcoin compared to the the dollar is quite low. Basically have a certain amount of Bitcoin and all of a sudden if the value of Bitcoin goes up, you're doing you're doing better. Although to be honest with you, most most Bitcoin payment options, uh, I think a popular one is BitPay. It actually gets settled in US dollars as an example. So if I use a BitPay module on my online shop, I would set the value of the item I'm selling at in US dollars or whatever currency I want. And then adjust the Bitcoin. The bit, bit match the, the BitPay module would yes. set the Bitcoin amount. Yes. And then if somebody buys it, what BitPay does is actually deposit the fiat currency value at that time. Right. Right. So you actually don't get any Bitcoin. Right. The BitPay gets the Bitcoin as a merchant. You just get the dollars. It makes it easier for merchants. In Canada, we have a thing called Kijiji. The close equivalent of that in the U.S. is Craigslist. If you want to sell in Bitcoin, then it's a static amount that you're asking, and it, it's not going to change. So you basically have to go in and update it all the time, anytime it changes significantly. It's been recognized in the big community as a big issue that hampers a lot of micro business. Like not even the mom and pop, but like somebody at home who's just buying at garage sales and selling online. I mean, you really can't use Bitcoin. At certain periods of time, if it stabilizes, and it has stabilized for, one could argue, even a year or two, but you never know. But don't expect to buy it in Bitcoin this week, and then if the price of Bitcoin goes down, be able to still sell it in that same price, because it's going to fluctuate. There's downsides in Venezuela, because the currency is inflating so heavily. The item you're selling for, all of a sudden, a week later... It's worth five times, ten times? Yeah, like, yep. you know, that, that amount of dollars, right? Because the, the value of the... The Venezuelan dollars is dropping so quickly. There are real-world fiat equivalent examples, although admittedly rare. Yeah. But that's that problem will continue to be a problem until... Bitcoin matures a little bit. Well, until the world actually starts thinking about value in terms of Bitcoin as opposed to um, their government-based currency. Correct. You know, an example of that is, you know, even at the start of our podcast today, we mentioned, oh, Bitcoin's valued at $11,300 US. And even to think in those terms, I bought some Bitcoin and I'm going to sell it when it hits 100000 US. Well, why do you even want to or assume that 
you want to sell it for money because if you really believe in Bitcoin, eventually money, the fiat currency is really not going to be where you want to go anyway. Eventually, when you want to buy a bottle of wine, oh, I bought this bottle of wine. I got a great deal. It was only 12 micro Bitcoins or something like that. And everyone will go, oh, wow, that's, that's a great deal. And I think for the longest time, even once Bitcoin does mature, you're still going to have a dollar price for whatever you can buy with Bitcoin. And you're going to have a Bitcoin price, which is going to change as the volatility of Bitcoin changes. Uh, I think we're a long, long way off being able to say, okay, use the bottle of wine, for example, that's a 0.222 Bitcoin. Because until it stabilizes, they're always going to have to put a dollar value in there and fluctuate the Bitcoin price. Maybe in two or three years when you get to a point where Bitcoin's worth, I don't know, 450000 Okay, maybe maybe it fluctuates by 10000 but it fluctuates a lot right now, but is it going to fluctuate by 200000 over a, a one-month period if it's worth 450000 I don't think so. Like over time, it's going to stabilize more so. Sure. But until you see an adoption rate getting close to 4 to 5%. Yeah. It's just so early in the curve. It's like trying to value Amazon, say 1988. So much potential. Maybe it'll fail. Maybe it'll go. Like that's why you're seeing the roller coasters up and down. Apparently, some ETFs are getting involved soon. It was also said not too long ago by some guy that once Bitcoin hits forty thousand, then Wall Street comes in and start to see ETFs getting into it and such. You know, it goes a long way towards stabilizing the price. I don't know how to explain it, but. We need a stable price before we can get rid of volatility. Well, that's the same thing, though. Volatility is the opposite of stable. If you really want to get into a faster adoption rate of Bitcoin, then stability definitely helps. Because then all of a sudden, everyone can start asking for Bitcoin when they're selling. So start buying it, people. Most people recognize that that's not going to happen for a while. Personally, I don't see any stabilization of bitcoin until it gets over the half million mark maybe it'll never get there certainly there's a lot of detractors out there it seems obvious to me i guess i'm the greatest fool (laughs) anyways if you got some comments send us a tweet we're looking for some questions out there we try to do our best to put forth the information we know in our opinion but put uh, forth thou shalt put forth the question don't listen to darren give us a question people thanks for listening have a good night Thanks for coming out. Cool. May the coins forever fall in your favor. Yeah, that's what we need. That almost sounds like the, the was that Mockingjay film or something? It is from that. It's a direct play on that. Did they win an Oscar? Uh, probably for something. Do you think they won an Oscar? That was Jennifer Lawrence's big uh, boom. It wasn't her big, big boom. The Winter... The Winter's Tale? Shakespeare? No, it was set in Minnesota in the hills. Her father was murdered and she got an Oscar nomination. Have you ever seen Jennifer Lawrence? Oh, I saw that one. Yeah, it's very good. That was good. They voted her one of the sexiest women alive. We have a world man, so we can't relate. Jennifer Lawrence? Like, she, she's young. She's and smart she's and funny. Superstar. She's What's funny. this smart, bright, and funny have to do with being sexy? She is sexy. Mm, she kind of looked like my high school girlfriend. Who do you think is the sexiest woman in the world, then? Right. She's a great role model for young women, for our kids. Because she's funny. She, take, she doesn't take herself seriously. Yeah, that's not sexy. That's not sexy. It's a, different. They voted her as one of the sexiest women alive. But will women find her sexy? Because she's cool and funny and she is attractive. She's not ugly. They sell the sexiest women alive 
to men. They don't sell it to other women. No, they do sell it to other women. Oh, yeah. maybe they yeah. do. Oh, they yeah. do sell it to other women. Who follows the entertainment industry? Yeah, it's all the women. It's all for the women. Yeah, guys don't follow the entertainment. No. It's yeah, I guess I don't. But then again, J Lo's still up there. I think J Lo was number two. Hey, she looks damn good for fifty. I'll give her that. She does look good for fifty. She looks amazing. Know. But I guess they do sell it to women more than men, don't they? Oh, if J Lo's involved, absolutely huge role Fun, model. Where did you read that in Cosmopolitan? No stupid morning internet reading. Oh, yeah. It's all for women. It's not for men. See, if you want to get the male angle, it used to be GQ, but even they've gone a bit Yeah. Off. Again, one person's sexy is another person's different, right? You wore a nice smart hat today. Were you expecting to get your picture taken? You know, I, I like this hat. Is that your Bitcoin hat? No, this is the only hat that fits my big head. Oh. <laughs> oh I, I, he's, it's already on Instagram. I, I was shopping for a, uh, for a ball cap. Yep. I can't find one. Won't fit your head. Yeah. There you go. And I found this hat, and the only reason I bought it it was because it fit. It's good. Well, it makes you look look distinguished. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of like a Scottish drinking cat. I ask a lot of people what they think of it, and they tell me it's okay. So I think that's the the nice way of telling me it sucks, but I... I don't know, I think it looks good. Kind of hipsterish. Well, I I did work in the city for a little while. No, I think it's quite sophisticated, actually. No, you need it's like a man bun and... Oh, no, I can't do a man, but... I don't know. Good night, everybody. Good night. Bitcoin Roundtable. Random musings and interviews about Bitcoin.